Alright everybody, welcome back to Cryptonatural, uh, everybody's favorite podcast about cryptids, UFOs, myths, legends, and the truth behind some of our uh, more common thoughts. Uh, I am Jake, and I am here with my brother and co-host. Hey, I'm Tristan. Alright buddy, so today we are actually going to do a cryptid that was suggested by one of our fans. Um, Twitter handle is, uh, at Huckleberry Punk. Um, so what she, uh, begged, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest here, begged me to do is, uh, we're gonna do it on Wendigos. Oh, I love those Wendigos. Oh, I know. Who doesn't? It's not like they're, you know, terrifyingly creepy or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty creepy. All right. So, uh, why don't you, why don't you give me... Why don't you give me a little bit on uh, on what you know? So, uh, fun fact, actually. I actually did a school project where we had to write a short story on uh, a, a horror story, a short story. And me and my group wrote a short story on Wendigos. And so we did a whole bunch of research on them. And from my understanding... Oh. They're, uh, they're people, mostly pioneers, that were, uh, they were stuck in a storm or something and had to resort to cannibalism. Then after they resorted to cannibalism, they just went crazy and began to hunger for human flesh. Okay, so I mean, you got a, you, you have a pretty good understanding, so Wendigos are, for those that don't know, are an ancient Native American uh, story, uh, mainly from the East Coast, uh, up, up north in Minnesota, and even in Canada. So, uh, one description, which was done by uh, Basil Johnston, a teacher and scholar in Ontario, if I can even talk, Canada, uh, he was... Uh, Native American, kind of a little bit of a historian, uh, scholar, and what he wrote is, the Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin pulled tautly over its bones, with its bones pulling out against its skin, its complexion the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back into their sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton, recently disinterred from the grave, what lips it had were tattered and bloody. Its body was unclean and suffering from separations of the flesh, giving off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition of death and corruption, which I personally think is just an absolutely beautiful description. That description is almost worse than Monongals. Just gotta put that out there. I don't like the thought of that. <laughs> right. So, some a little bit of physical description uh, outside of that. So, the Ojibwa, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that even close to right, uh, describe it as it was a large creature, as tall as a tree with lipless mouth and jagged teeth. Its breath was a strange hiss. Uh, its footprints full of blood, and it ate any man, woman, or child who ventured into its territory. 
and those were the lucky ones. Sometimes the Wendigo chose to possess a, hu a person instead, and then the luckless individual became a Wendigo himself, hunting down those he once loved and feasting upon their flesh. Like, I have to honestly say, this has got to be one of our most, like, descriptively gruesome cryptids yet. Yeah, those, I think, are, like, just descriptively, I think just a notch below Monongals, just because they're not cut in half, uh, literally. But, yeah, those are pretty spoopy. Oh, it's gonna get worse. Oh, it, it only gets worse, though. Yeah, I... I can't imagine how, but uh, you <laughs> should tell me anyway. <laughs> okay, so most of the uh, most of the actual descriptions of it is at most um, usually about fifteen feet tall. Like that's the tallest uh, these Wendigos usually are. They're usually about normal human size, and so uh, as it's usually described as like a monster with some characteristics of a human. Or a spirit who has possessed a human being and made them become monstrous. And it's always been historically associated with cannibalism, murder, insatiable greed, and the cultural taboos against such behaviors. So, like, a lot of the stories say to become a Wendigo, you have to become mad uh, with the cravings of human flesh after having to resort to cannibalism. It's also saying that... Uh, Intense greed will cause you to become one as well. Oh, well, I'm definitely uh, slated for the chopping block. I'm definitely becoming a uh, Wendigo because I am greedy as heck. If I was Seven Deadly Sin, I'd be greed. Really? I thought it was because you're constantly licking my flesh saying that'd be good with some barbecue sauce. Hey, okay, you know what? Just because I like biting doesn't mean I want to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> so like i said according to the legends a wendigo is created whenever a human resorts to cannibalism uh usually for survival uh this this usually occurred like more often with uh, native americans and settlers when they found themselves stranded uh in like the bitter snows of the north like we said because a lot of them the stories come from minnesota and canada so sometimes they'd be like stranded for days and they would have to result to cannibalism of like whoever's with them that may have already died uh, to be able to even survive. Yeah, if I yeah. if I remember right, the story of the Dahmer party actually had like one of the original stories or versions of the story of the Dahmer party uh, actually had a Wendigo in there at one point with someone eating someone else and then going mad. So, with the Donner Party, what usually tends to happen is uh, stuff like that. It's There's actually a thing called Wendigo Psychosis. And so, so Wendigo Psychosis uh, usually develops in winter in individuals who are isolated by heavy snow for long periods. Uh, the initial symptoms are like poor appetite, nausea, vomiting and so they'll start to develop the delusion of being turned into a, a wendigo and so they'll they'll be thinking that they're turning into a wendigo they need to eat human flesh because they're getting like that craving uh, and like 
it'll cause people to increasingly see people around them as being edible. But at the same time, they have a, like an exaggerated fear of being cannibals. So they'll, they'll on one hand be like, oh, this guy looks delicious. And I'll like slowly start to consume him. But on the same time, mm. they're both like, craving these look edible and they look good. And but at the same time, they have like this super exaggerated fear of actually being a cannibal. So, I mean, there is a lot of you know, back and forth in their mind on this whole thing, which can drive somebody absolutely mad. Yeah, it's weird that there's a full psychosis around the Wendigos and, you know, just what they are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Like, the Wendigo psychosis dates back to the mid to late 1800s. So there's actually a documented case in 1878... When a Plains Cree trapper, so a Native American trapper, uh, from Alberta named Swift Runner, which, awesome name, um, he suffered one of the worst cases known. Swift Runner was a trader with the Hudson's Bay Company. Uh, You know, he was married, had six kids, and uh, he actually served as a guide for the Northwest Mounted Police. And so during the winter of 78, 79, Swift Runner and his family, they were, they were starving along with like other Cree families. So his eldest son was the first to die from starvation. And at some point, Swift Runner actually succumbed to Wendigo psychosis. And so even though like emergency food supplies were available at Hudson's Bay Company Post, like 25 or so miles away, which... In 1878, that is a distance, um, he didn't even attempt to travel there. Rather, he killed the remaining members of his family and consumed them. That is insane. I mean, shit. You know, you'd think that you would just drive down the road or walk or run wherever to get food, but now you just kill your family. That's not okay. Right? So, I mean, yes, like, in 1878... That is a distance, 25 miles. Like, it is a good-sized distance. And, you know, I can't really blame them for, like, oh, it's a terrible distance. We won't make it in the snow. And, you know, on one hand, I get that. On the other hand, six kids. Why wouldn't you make that? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) just... If that story kind of brought me back to that scene in the mist where the guy at the end spoilers for the mist by the way if you haven't seen it uh where the guy at the end shoots everybody in the car and then the military rolls up and he's like oh i fucked up yeah like he kills what was it his son his young son yeah he's like i can't let them get him i i must i'll do it myself i won't let him be tortured and like the second he does it, like, the mist lifts and there's the military. Yeah, that, that, that ending fucked me up royally. But, no. And, you know, they're, if I remember right, they could be pretty much in any wooded area. Mm-hmm. So they're... Right? Wendigos? Yeah, so that's normally where they're seen, and so 
they is in wooded areas in the cold in the ice and the snow and so that's why they're really seen a lot in like Minnesota and Canada and because they're they are beautiful wooded areas but they're also known for a lot of snow and cold because like I said it's it's brought on by cannibalism you, yeah. you know forced into the situation of cannibalism yeah I'm never going to Minnesota now um never going camping again that's not happening fuck that are you sure I mean we do have that really interesting camping trip we've been talking about that would be awesome just saying <laughs> but that's not a wooded area that's more of a plains that's a desert yeah that means you can see the fuckers coming <laughs> you have no, it time. would be it would be absolutely terrifying I mean you've seen pictures of the Wendigo yes I have so, the original depictions of the Wendigo right and so for anybody that hasn't um these things are utterly terrifying. They're seen as, like we said, humanoid, but they're anywhere between normal human size to 15 feet tall. A lot of times they're depicted as, like, decaying corpses, uh, horns, elongated limbs, claws, bloody, decaying flesh. Like, they are disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, and there have been multiple depictions I've seen of these Wendigos where they have, uh, where they have like antlers, almost like a, a deer, and they have almost the head of a deer, um, with the body of a man, which I think just makes it, uh, that, that much more scary. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that, they're never sated, you know, their hunger is never sated. They're always looking for flesh to consume. Yeah. I'm actually looking at a bank of pictures of Wendigos right now, and there is one, uh, if I actually remember right, in the poster for this uh, podcast, I put a Wendigo picture in there. So, you know, it's you uh, it's got the head... It's got the head of a head of a deer, and it's got the body of almost a human, um, and it just that picture always brings me back to that scene in what the Evil Dead Two, where the deer head is <laughs> laughing at our hero Ashley J. Williams, and it that scene has always haunted me because of how fucking creepy that goddamn deer head is. Yeah, and. Just to be clear, Ashley J. Williams is a hero. Oh, he is a gorgeous man. Back in the day, he did not age perfectly, but, you know. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> the wrinkles caught up. The wrinkles yeah, caught up uh, to all him. all those deadites. The stress got to him. Uh, so some terrifying uh, traits that have been said to be... Uh, part of the Wendigo is so like the Wendigo doesn't rely on pursuing his prey in order to capture and eat it rather one of his creepiest traits 
is the ability to mimic human voices. And I believe, and don't quote me on this, I was not as big a fan as you, but I believe they touched on this in the TV show Supernatural. Oh, baby. I, okay, I remember this scene perfectly. They were, it was Sam and Dean with a girl that's looking for her brother and the girl's younger brother and a guide in the woods. And I remember them touching on Wendigos. It was episode two, season one, named Wendigo. And legit, the guide, uh, the, what is it called? The trail guide, I guess, was out there with him. And he went to go look at what this noise was. And Sam and Dean were like, don't do that. Wendigos can copy voices. He went off and got killed, obviously. But yeah, that episode was fucking weird. And I, I just want to say this, buddy. Um, so these podcasts, it's an elaborate ruse. We're actually... Uh, me and the fans are actually here as an intervention. Um, we love you. <laughs> but your supernatural addiction has just kind of gotten out of hand. How many times have you watched that show now? Uh, not, to, uh, not to brag or anything, but I may or may not currently be on my 10th time watching it. Yeah, that's not a brag. It's for me. I'm <laughs> fucking obsessed. No, don't get me wrong. It is a good show. It is a good show. I, I I will give you that. Yeah. But so to me, it's that's terrifying. Like, you're out in the woods in the middle of the night. You're camping, and all of a sudden you hear a human, a person, yelling help, or you know, or the person you're camping is like, "Hey, I gotta go take a leak real quick," and then you hear him go, "Hey guys, come look at this," and Next thing you know, you're being uh, eaten. Yeah, that's that's rough. So after uh, after a little while, I actually looked up uh, Wendigos on Google because I just wanted to be a little more informed and have some sources. Uh, and here under the tab of how to kill uh, fire. So if you ever come across one of these things flamethrowers work great so I, i've noticed that in the research of cryptids a lot of them and myths legends cryptids like a lot of them are susceptible to fire and so that kind of got me thinking i wonder if it is kind of just like obviously most things fire will kill but like is it because fire is seen as like pure and cleansing uh, actually, I did a little research on this for a research product project I had to do, and uh, all the sources I pretty much saw were basically saying that in the Bible, fire, different versions of the Bible, I guess, don't uh, quote me on this, I'm not a religious man, um, but basically in these sort of evil versus good uh, arguments, fire was always seen as a way to cleanse evil from something or a way to cleanse evil from a place like if i remember right there was a point in some bible i can't remember which one i'd have to look it up again where they actually cleanse their crosses by putting it over fire 
So I think that is more hmm. or less the reason why fire kills a lot of these things that are seen as unholy or evil is because fire cleanses. Well, um, before we go camping this next time, uh, I'm going to get some super soakers and a box of matches. Uh, actually, I'm looking at right now, and it says that uh, it says that sometimes uh, Wendigos just won't even attack prey if they're seen at an open fire. So, why super soaker and box of matches? Fuck ton of wood. Let's light the trees. I'm not burning down a forest. If we see one, there might not be another choice. It's going to be a targeted attack. <laughs> there might not be another choice. There's always another choice. Like, you know, don't burn down an entire forest. I'm telling you this right now. I think that if Yogi, not Yogi Bear, god damn, Smokey Bear saw a Wendigo out in the forest, he'd change his tune real fucking quick yeah i don't think he would use fire seeing as he's a bear yeah but he's got like the human hands which was always strange to me yeah well i completely blanked <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about smoky bear and his aversion to fire even okay, if he comes so face to face with a wendigo that's because the original model for smoky the bear was actually a bear cub that uh, firefighters found stuck in a tree during a forest fire. Yeah, I know all that. I was just... Yeah, you know, but doesn't mean our listeners do. I was... That's part of our show, bud. We have to tell the truth. I... Behind some normal stories. I'm telling you this right now, that even if a regular-ass, normal-ass bear were to see a Wendigo and have some sort of cognition... He would burn everything. <laughs> Alright, buddy. Well, I think it is time for Jake's Terrifying Corner. Ooh, yay. What do you got to give me nightmares this time? So, this one isn't... Uh, this one isn't too bad, I don't think. I, I don't personally think. Um, it is kind of terrifying to me, just because it's one of those things that that can happen. You know what I mean? So, yeah. have you ever heard of the Villisca Axe Murder House? Yes, I have, actually. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, the Villisca uh, Axe Murder House in Villisca, Iowa, is a well-known tourist attraction for ghost hunters and horror lovers alike. So, this is the site of a gruesome, unsolved 1912 murder in which six children and two adults had their skulls completely crushed by the acts of an unknown perpetrator. So, like, nobody knows what happened. Um, it could be a Amityville-type uh, situation where, you know, one of them was possessed. A Lizzie Borden situation. Nobody knows what happened. But what I thought was pretty cool, and I wanted to share with our listeners is it was uh, purchased back in 1994, restored to its 1912 condition, and for $428 a night, you can stay in it. So it has actually been uh, reported to be haunted. Uh, visitors 
will report strange paranormal experiences such as visions of a man with an axe roaming the halls or the faint screams of children, which brings me to believe this was definitely an Amity style uh, event. Sorry, I blinked on the word event. Yeah, that place, I learned about that place a while ago, and just the story behind it is creepy. Hell, we might even do a full episode on it with, uh, for, uh, Paranormal Bros. Like, that might be one that we need to do. It is, it is pretty interesting, um, but it's, I, I thought it was cool. I came across it, I'm like, that's terrifying, because, like, you know, something like that could happen. Obviously, it has happened. But I thought the interesting part and the cool part is uh, for, I mean, it's not the best price. But depending on the experience you have, it might be. Uh, for like $428 a night, you get to stay in an axe murder house. Right. You know, and like I said, a lot of visitors have reported paranormal phenomena. Hmm. I honestly would pay that uh, to, to stay in an axe murder house. Uh, but I guarantee you, much like a Wendigo and a bear, I'm emphasizing this, a real-life, actual grizzly bear, if I saw a fucking axe man down the hallway while I'm trying to get my snooze on, I am cleansing the neighborhood with so much kerosene it would go up like D-Day. <laughs> uh, so this has been fun, you know, talking about the Wendigos. I've always found them interesting, slightly terrifying. Yeah, Wendigos were definitely one of those cryptids that were a little... a little scarier than most, honestly. They were kind of... they kind of stood out to me, personally. Because cannibalism is is scary. I mean, with these figures that we have now, like Hannibal Lecter or Jeffrey Dahmer, you see a lot more of this cannibalism, and it definitely stands out against the grain of original cryptids because they're humanoid. They're not this little goblin that eats your leg. It's basically a human that just got a taste for it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I was honestly thinking about this, you know, like looking at the picture is I would not mind playing as a Wendigo on that game uh, Dead by Daylight that we were playing. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. A Wendigo killer on Dead by Daylight? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, I would definitely, definitely play as that. Um, But thank you guys for sitting with us during our lovely discussion here. Uh, check us out on our socials. Uh, we're on Twitter for Cryptonatural at Cryptonatural1. You know, check us out. Drop a line. Um, you know, if you have any thoughts on what we should talk about next, definitely just tweet it out there. Tag us in it, and you know, who knows? You might be mentioned in our next episode. And, uh, and if you are more into ghosts and hauntings, definitely check out our sister podcast, Paranormal Bros. Paranormal Bros. It, 
is a podcast all about ghosts, ghouls, and goblins. Uh, it's me and Jacob, and we pretty much talk about paranormal. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at uh, Pair of Bros. It is Pair uh, A Dash Bros. And we are on Instagram at P O N B underscore Pod. Um, we'd love to hear from you there. Send uh, send us your haunted places, experiences. Uh, Jacob, what was that name of that uh, person that suggested this epi- episode again? Uh, on Twitter, it is at Huckleberry Punk. Um, pretty active with our Twitter. Uh, checked out the page. Does some pretty cool logos and designs. So if you're interested in that, definitely, definitely check out their page. Yes, and we might actually be checking out that page uh, too and uh, might contract a little better of a logo from them. So we'll see. Uh, thank you again, Huckleberry Punk, for that uh, for that wonderful episode topic. I think next episode, um, next episode's going to be pretty, pretty good for us. I already have the cryptid we're going to do, so... Alright guys, well, check it out, check out our sister podcast, and we will see you guys next time with Tristan's more than likely absolutely terrifying stories. (laughs) I try. Alright, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, the theme music should start right about now. (laughs) 